Hi everyone, you made it, and welcome to the pilot episode of the Romanus Records podcast. This week, I sit down with the CE bro of Romanus Records, the man who has helped the label go, especially in infancy and helping get the label off the ground, the true unsung hero of Romanus Records, Warner Swopes. We discuss how the label began, evolved, and how it came to be today. The Romanus Records podcast will air every Wednesday and focus on four main things. First, we will interview a Romanus artist every month. Second, we'll interview other bands that we like, bands that we think rule and you need to know about. Third, we're going to focus on independent labels and showing a light on all the amazing things they're doing and how many are out there. And the fourth thing that I'm probably most excited about is interviewing DIY entrepreneur types or just fascinating people every month. These will alternate throughout the month, so diversity will regularly be available in this podcast. Our first episode launches next week with Dan Cummins, the comedian and creator of the Time Suck podcast, which just recently cracked the top 20 of iTunes. Holy smokes! We'll discuss his rise of the comedy ladder, his time in Hollywood, ups and downs, and what led him to lead was now known as the cult of the curious and Time Suck. Finally, we are also launching our own Romanus Coliseum members Patreon this week. Coliseum members for only $5 a month will get 20% off any order at any time for any Romanus product. Customs are one-off wonder bundles, splatters, anything in the store. One purchase, it already pays for itself. On top of that, you will also get early digital access to any upcoming release and a members only one day early pre-order of any release that is on its way as well. The Patreon link is in the episode description below, and we are ecstatic about how this can help the label grow simply from release to release to release, and instead be able to bring on more employees, invest in more PR for bands on the label, and invest in more PR for the label itself, and allow the label to take more financial risk on projects that we believe deserve to be brought into the world. It is our passion to truly help grow and develop bands that we think you need to know about and that we're in love with. Passion truly bleeds through. So thank you so much for tuning in. And so with all that out of the way, welcome to the pilot episode of the Romanus Records Podcast. Hey man, how's it going? Good. Just uh, got off work and running errands. It's nice. Uh, busy little boy. You're a busy boy. You know, I'm glad you could take time out of your very busy, yeah. spicy schedule to join me here on the Romanus Records Podcast official pilot. Yeah, I was. I wanted to make a point to be here for the first one. Well, it's good. You know, you're a time-honored guest, and uh, you are a, you know... A crucial member to Romanus Records. I I don't know if everyone knows that. I don't think most people know <laughs> that. Um. So yeah, I thought it was appropriate to bring you on for this pilot as we launch into the new, the new millennia. As, as uh, you know, finances come available for the force in space. Yeah. Hopefully, finances become more available for Romanus in this place. And I thought bringing you on made the most sense. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Okay, this is good. This is science. This is reasoning. And within this, um, I wanted to for us to discuss kind of the history of Romanus Records and its short, short plight, and kind of how it came to be and how much of that in the early stages you mattered. So 
<laughs> in the early stages <laughs> when I mattered. <laughs> that came back in the old yeah. days. <laughs> the olden times. Uh, yeah. No, you matter. You still matter right. very deeply, but you're, uh, yeah. You're batting like a, like a four or five day stretch hanging out with me this week. So <laughs> it must matter a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's get it going. Yeah. Romanus Records would not have started un- unless likely, at least maybe to the degree it is now, without the pretense of the band Brother or Brother existing. Right. Now, for a short, short verbatim version, because it's just us, I guess, so of how Brother Brother started, uh, me and Cody Burkhart began the project and started to write music. Um, we had a friend, Logan. Uh, from Axis Apparel, actually, um, who was drumming, and we hadn't played any shows yet. His business was blown up. He said, I don't have time. So I had this project I was trying to get off the ground. For whatever reason, I went to Lowe's to get some stretching rope. Uh, I ran cross country for a long time. I was trying to stay thin. And you happened to be the person who came to cut my rope. You were the department manager of paint at this time. True yeah, or false? that's correct. Okay, so you came over to me and you're... Uh, blue vest. It was. I think I had a red vest. Was a red one, vest? Yeah. Okay. I very rarely wore the blue vest. That okay. was a short-lived. Okay, I, I couldn't remember, and it was would not have been safety Mondays at this point. You would not have been no, in a that position would not have been what we to wear doing. neon yellow. Okay. Um, this is all Lowe's speak. I, yeah, I don't some, work at Lowe's, but Warner. You does. know quite a bit. Yeah, I do. I'm I'm very connected. <laughs> so you came over and you cut some rope for me, and I said you look really familiar. Were you in this band? And it's the pilot, so we'll put it out there. What band was that? Um, it would have been Nuclear After Party. At yes, the yes. Uh, yeah. Feel free to look that up at your. Oh uh, yeah, do please. At do. your pleasure, leisure, or uh, self torture. Either yeah, way, or terror you feel. <laughs> or terror. Yeah. Um, Some of it's enjoyable. Just sound quality is real bad because we didn't know what we were doing. So. Yeah. 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 Um, I really like the song you sang on, I, but that's another. Yeah, yep. That's another story. Uh, some real pipes. Um. It's just come for me. I, I'm not much to talk. I don't think everyone... I say all the time, no one's going to ask me to sing the national anthem. That's for sure. We'd have a real Scott Stapp, you yeah, know. Yeah, it'd be messy. Yeah, it'd be gross. So, uh, I and I said, yeah, I was in this band. And we both uh, had actually played a number of shows together, not intentionally. Completely coincidental. So, as the saying goes, the cream rises to the top. I'm sure you've heard this saying. Yes. Um... Our cream uh, settled at the bottom as it maybe got stale or old. Right, right. <laughs> and so when you're not in maybe the best of bands in an area, you tend to kind of find your way, if you still want to play shows all the time, onto the same bills. Correct. And this happened to us. We played three shows in a row together, and I deeply, deeply remember those times. I remember the gear one specifically. I remember, I remember that, that one because I thought your green drums were kind of funky. And but I what other what were the other two? Uh, we played. Get ready for this. This is I remembered. This is how I remembered who you were. Uh, we played at the Emerson. I do remember that. And then we yep. played at Birdies, and I believe Birdies was the last one. And I think your band actually dissolved quickly thereafter. That's probably true. Um, if you're wondering, listener. Uh, none of these venues are particularly great. Two of the three don't even exist anymore. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's. 
However, from all this experience... And one only barely exists. <laughs> right. So from this experience, we deduced, hey, would you like to play drums for this thing? Give it a try? You said, sure. And under the pretense of... Uh, I was like, I just had a kid, but I probably got like, you know, two shows a month in me yeah, or something. Yeah, I sold you on that. Cause yeah. And in reality... I thought that's what it would be. Uh, don't jingle jangle that I chair. Did, I did not intend you'll, to. Now you'll you'll know. Anywho, so yeah, I, I thought that was probably all the shows a month we'd be able to get, given our past experiences. And so that seemed to me <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't I? I didn't sell you on a bed of lies. Okay. No, no. It was. It was. Your intentions were true. They were pure. All right. So, band starts. We start playing shows. We get some traction. Fast forward a year, the band's been around for maybe a year and a half, two years, and we're like, man, let's get some vinyl. Yeah. Maybe it's just a year, whatever. So um, we play, we get a seven inch, goes well, and from that, we're like, whoa, I can't believe we have vinyl. This is so cool. Right. And it was not even that cool of vinyl no. in retrospect. But it was, it was still vinyl, and we were right. so jacked to have it, and I'm a big avid record collector um i'm not like you are about figures and things right. of that nature uh can you give us a like a minute condensed version of about your collecting habits oh i thought you were gonna ask me if i could give you a uh, like a head count on action figures and i would there's no way no. i could possibly do that it's it'd be impossible um but basically i just collect a lot of different nerdy action figure types star wars wrestling superheroes lots of superheroes yeah all different types yeah yeah would you can you give us an estimate because there are people who like so i collect records but i probably have a couple hundred i'm not out of i'm not off the rails it oh it's hard to say i would would you say you would would you ballpark of a thousand okay all right i think that's a pretty fair estimate would you say that you have uh 10 or more glass cases that display some of these <laughs> things in your home. I I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, set, eight, if you count the Lego displays that are already pre-plexiglass. Yes, okay. All right, well, good. Yeah. Th- so this gives some people some insight into the method, the mind of madness. Yes, yeah, yeah. All right, good. I want them to understand where you're coming from. So, yeah, we have this vinyl, and we are on, we are getting ready to release our second album, uh, show pony and we were gonna do a big as, full as, vinyl release yeah, as big as we could right right at this point but, but we yeah. even uh, so i found like the pitch paperwork that we pitched to yeah oh yeah some I sent all different these labels and stuff yeah so what i did um was in the pitch i just hit up all these labels and i said look this is already in production We'll pay for the whole release. I there were tell- like there are pictures in it, descriptions, yeah. ideas of like what order the songs would be, all kinds of stuff. It's yeah. pretty interesting, actually. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and I said we'll pay for the whole project. Will you just be willing to stick your name on it? And a couple of people actually said yes, and yeah. so we just picked from who we thought was best fit. Uh, Phonoflow Records, uh, Nicholas Gagnon out of Colorado, decided to put us on, and we put the vinyl out. And what that did was. It gave us creative control over basically everything. Right. And we did it up as best we could. We had some splatters. And then all of our random colors, we pulled all of them to match and screen printed jackets and hand numbered every one of them. So yeah. it made it a really nice release. 
at the time, and it sold pretty well. And we had been selling enough records and touring enough that we decided that, hey, I think our first record, I think we can we can press this and people will actually buy it. Right. And we did a couple seven-inch splits, I think. Not yet. It was coming up. It was coming up after this. And so I said, hey, Nick, or Phonaflow, we'll just pay for the whole thing. Are you cool sticking your name on it again? Yeah, sweet. Sounds good. If you're running an independent record label and someone's willing to pay for all of it and promote your brand and it's a, you think the product's good, it's like, sure, knock yourself out. Right. So we do that. And at this time, I decide I want, I'm really into the custom vinyl market that's coming out. I remember being in college when the liquid fill record from third man came out and I was like, man, I want a liquid filling. They were not the only people to do liquid fills. There were plenty. There were more than a few beforehand, but they were early adapters of that. Very, very early. Yeah. And they've always been extremely innovative to think that, uh, otherwise or think they haven't influenced or changed the vinyl record industry would be the biggest outright lie ever. That'd be like being like, yeah, Coca-Cola, you know, I mean, I'm more of an RC Cola guy. RC Cola was really what changed the game. It's like, no, it was Coke, dude. To be fair, that's typically where I am. I always pick the losing team on like brand battles. <laughs> you know this to be true. I do. I do. So I began to go down this road of trying to figure out how to make liquid-filled records. There's not information on this. There's not, you know, this is how you do it because the processes for those things are protected by people. The very few people that make those things, there's probably as of current day speaking, probably less than seven or eight of us on the planet that even do liquid fields to begin with. Um, no one's trying to say, this is how you do it. Right. And so there was so much experimentation and so much failure on my end. And I was like, crap, this release is supposed to be out in about five weeks. And this is not happening. And then it occurred to me, for insertion vinyl, custom handmade pieces, I thought, the market was missing. I was like, there's more than liquid out there. Right. There's this whole other art sphere where you could do whatever. And so for no reason at all, other than it just worked out, I made um, these glow in the dark dino bone filled records. I made 60 of them and we put them up for sale when we were on tour. We hyped it up and we were like, man, these are $60 a piece. I was very concerned. No one's going to pay this much money for this stupid stuff. Yeah. And we were on our way. I remember because it was one of the rare times I was actually driving. Yeah. No, that is a <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So I remember we were driving. We were on our way to Wisconsin. And the sale went live. And they sold out in under three minutes. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. I thought something was wrong. I thought my phone was like broken. I didn't understand it. Which I think you had a Windows phone at the time, so it would not have been hey, shocking. How dare you? Okay, the Windows App Store was fully operational at that time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and yeah, so we go through this. And I remember pulling over to a Target in Wisconsin. And we shot a little video. And we're like, yeah. Hey, this is us. We can't believe you bought all that stuff. Woo! I remember We'll that. be back, you know, soon, and we'll finish prepping them and get them out in the next, you know, three weeks. Like, couldn't believe it. I'd actually built all of them beforehand, actually, so they were just all ready to be shipped. 
and <clears throat> from that, this is where Romanus Records begins. I had had this idea for a long time. It was called Roman Records, and I probably had the page for like four years, <laughs> for whatever that's worth, on Facebook. And I couldn't. I never could find anything called Roman Records, but I found. Uh, her lead guitar player is for Aerosmith. I think he self-released something under the guise of a label called Roman Records. Right. And I found this a week before like launch of like right. we're gonna tell the world. And I was like crud. And so I put into Google Translate what is Roman in Italian, and it said Romanus. And I said perfect. <laughs> I don't even know if the translation's right. Well, I mean that's just Latin or whatever, whatever for. Roman too. It just yeah. You'd have a suffix on the end. So I was like, "Sweet, sounds perfect." There was definitely none of that out there, and I'd already done all the design and stuff for it. So it was just like, "This is what we're doing," and there was nothing special behind it. I just thought it sounded good. Didn't sound stupid. That was my big. And if concern. you ever forget to uh, how to spell it, you just spell it like Rom Anus. Yeah, yeah, or Roman Us, but <laughs> that that too. Yeah, but Anus for the. <laughs> Butthole enthused out there as it's well. Like a ro- <laughs> rom anus. It's a, it's a Latin for a robot butthole. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> That's the future I'm, that we're going down towards. I'm oh. also afraid. Um, needless to say, this was this label is not named after a robot butthole. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and yeah, now I'm just thinking like a seed drum. Something's wrong with you. I don't know. I I keep and I keep hitting the chair too. I'm not trying. It just this is why this is why you're on the pilot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So we launched the label we, and we say, hey, we needed people to know. At this point, we'd been on a couple different independent labels. We needed to, them to know that I was making these things. Right. That this wasn't just the independent label that was releasing right. us doing it. Right. And so we would then, after the fact, have the label like a sticker put on anything that I made. Oh, I remember the stickers. Yeah, yeah I yeah. actually found some over there. Oh, Those are tight. like, yeah. And they would be stuck on everything that I made so that people would know, hey, this is out under Phonoflow Records, but this custom is made by Romanus Records. And we did that one more time with some other release. Oh, we introduced the world's, I think, first commercially available Sandfield record. Yes. Which was a Romanus and Phonoflow release. We did that with Vicera. And it sold out super fast. And I remember it was like that was a... We still hadn't done anything that didn't have Brother or Brother attached to it. Right. And then we did another release, Phonoflow Romanus, with the Ghost Wolves out of Austin, Texas. Super good friends. And that was another Brother or Brother as a Correct. split... Correct. Yeah. So we had yet to, like, we were... We were still holding on. Yeah, we were still dipping our toes in the water, okay? And then, but the sales were so strong every time that it just felt natural. It was like, all right, it's time to do this. So I said, hey, I want to really start this record label. And you're like, I really want to be a part of it. Don't don't throw me in the dark. I said, okay. Right, right, and right. I said, fine. Well, if, if that's how it's going to be, uh, brother or brother money has to be available to help finance yep. this venture. And you said, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I said, all right. And so we were off to the races, and I think the first non-Brother or Brother yeah, release we did was we did the Ghost Wolves in your neck. Yes. And that was actually a, a re-release where it had been out, but it had been so long out of press. And then what I did was that was like a six-song EP 
was I made another six songs of unreleased between live footage, yeah. studio stuff, and things like that on the B side. Mm-hmm. Sales went super well. Uh, I made a glow in the dark. Uh, Razor Blade and Gunpowder Filled Record. Right, I remember that. I unpackaged, um, I want to say, roughly 400 Razor Blades by hand. That's dangerous. It was very dangerous. It was actually called Dangerous Vinyl. Yeah, I remember that. Seemingly enough. Mm -hmm. So, label progresses, and yeah, it's from there. Every just thing has been an incremental step, adding bigger bands, crazier projects, and I mean, it's taken us all the way to kind of where it is now, um, where we have all these LED records. I'm, you know, just finishing the last few of this 200 King Gizzard LED records. The first LED records were Brother or Brother, the first ever made. Yeah, Neon Native. Um, and just the technology and everything that has spread from there. Now we've worked with over 20 artists on the label and it continues to grow. And. As that's grown, um, your your presence, your role has stayed uh, stayed consistent. Yeah. What would you peer to peer, doctor to doctor? <laughs> what would you say your role in the world of romance has been, especially in the last two years? What would that look like? Um, I think it's mostly just financing via band fund. <laughs> and uh occasionally and this is very rarely but occasionally coming and working on records um i think the big thing is just listening to all of your crazy ideas as like a just like a idea board basically like you call me when you have a crazy idea and i listen to it and i'm like cool sounds good sounds let's good. do it send me a check make me some money <laughs> um yeah now, I, I've not at any point said, oh, I don't think we should do that or whatever. There have been times where I've been like, I don't know if that's going to work, but uh, just see what you can do. Yeah. Um, what would be, I think one of the highlights for the label for us, as far as like on a um, on a friendship level, something that is small, the Romanus grew 70% sales-wise last year, which was pretty giant jump and it really took off last year as like a started for me to become very much part of my regular employment yeah um because of the time commitment it takes to make these handmade customs but the label provided last year one of the cool things was it paid for us to go to where wrestlemania yeah that's right (laughs) and what could be i mean what could be much more of a um you know a moniker or a measurement of success as if it can pay for you to go to WrestleMania. In the South Park uh, sellout to Bro Down uh, s- business chart, it definitely <laughs> is the Bro Down. It's all about getting to the Bro Down. Right, right. And the Bro Down was WrestleMania. Right, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I don't think we would have ever envisioned that that would have happened. No. And it wasn't like we just went. Like, we went and had a good time. No, we, we did. Got, we did. We got, we good, got seats, good seats. And it also paid for us to go to Ring of Honor. Yeah. Uh, New Japan Supercard. And which was at Madison Square Garden, which yeah. is super cool. NXT. Oh, so this was all New York City yeah, last at, year. Yeah. And the Barclays Center is such a cool venue because it's just like Banker's Life it's identical. In New York. It's identical. And then like instead of everything looking like brick and kind of like modern new, 
everything in Barclays is just slate. Yeah, super nice. <laughs> it's just slate. Yeah. But then the moment you go in to the seats, you're like, oh, this is it, just, yeah, it's bankers this, life. It's just bankers life here in Indianapolis. Because yeah. um, if you don't know, it was designed after that because bankers life, the seating arrangement is so well laid out there that there's just like not a bad seat in the house. Especially for wrestling, you cannot get a bad seat at bankers life. It's just impossible. Yeah, unless you're behind the board. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be bad. But they basically give those away. And, uh, I mean, WWE just basically gives away tickets right now anyways. Yeah, But I digress. Much. That's for a different podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's been, you know, this is a very condensed version of how the label more or less has come to be. So, I, I've got some different questions and thoughts um, to ask you, um, more specifically regarding the label. What would you say was probably your favorite release that we have put out. Mm. That's tough because are we talking like content or just the look of it or what are we, what are we let's, talking? Okay. Let's, they're, de- those, they're definitely probably So let's different. go with uh, your favorite band that we've put out musically and then maybe your favorite custom uh, that we have made. So those will be separate. Okay. Unless they're on the same release. Um. I think the Suck the Honey album is probably my favorite one musically. Just It's so good. I of all of them I've listened to it the most. Um probably closely by Viseria. I really like that the last Viseria album we put out. That the last Viseria album sounded a lot like what I think you wish Nuclear After Party oh, would have sounded sure. like. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's exactly what I would have wanted <laughs> And to. I mean that in the I nicest re- way. <laughs> and, and it's funny this is kind of a side story, but I I remember when Nuclear After Party was kind of starting to get at least where we were playing consistent shows i guess uh viseria was kind of like on their first like rise in indianapolis Mm -hmm. and i was like trying so desperately hard to get on a show with them and now in this band we've played with them and toured with them so many times but i tell i tell patrick this every time because it makes him feel good and i want him to know like his band means means (laughs) and did mean so much to me but yeah, I think um, for music, I think Suck the Honey definitely is my favorite album that we've put out. Um, it's a great album. I also, it's one of, we had a brief moment where I thought we were the kiss of death for uh, two-piece bands <laughs> that we were bringing on. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Um, R.I.P. They are no longer around. Um, it's been my dream to make them come out of retirement for a Romanus Fest. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we did, this will just be news to you. Uh, I w- would you like to hear about our title sponsor for Romanus Fest this year? Yes. Okay. Well, we have two current sponsors, and if you're listening to this pilot, um, Romanus Fest is August 10th at Square Cat Vinyl. We actually could use maybe one more sponsor. Uh, finances, whatever your level, doesn't really. It's not a huge concern. We're just looking for partners who are really interested in what we're doing and partnering up. But our title sponsor, what well, we recently, our first sponsor is Platt Collective, out of Indianapolis. Uh, okay. They came on with us. We're so thankful to have them. And our title sponsor will be Upland Brewing for this year. Whoa. Yeah. That's so, cool. Yeah. Um, and there's a good chance that the fest, which right now does have a very reasonable ticket cost, um, will probably be made free in the next few days due to the sponsorship dollars that we have been able, been lucky enough to uh, have for this, this wow fest. yeah that's impressive yeah so uh that just dawned on me so that's really good news this is new- i want to hear more about this off yeah. <laughs> mic <laughs> yeah this is news as of like 30 minutes yeah, ago so that's uh awesome. yeah i was very worried 
that we might have a real um do you remember the movie Semi Pro with uh yeah. Will Ferrell? I love that movie. Um I'm sure you do. Yeah, that's, well it's got yeah. basketball. It's got everything that's you. Right. Um but he has this contest and they, they have this half court or this three quarters court shot contest yeah. all the time. And they have uh you know, he's always like he has a sponsor that he always has a, attached to it. And he goes, and if you're going to have a beer, thank you so much to our grateful sponsors, Bavarian beer. If you're going to have a beer, make it a Bavarian. And the idea was, was like they sponsored, you know, this three quarter shot contest. And, and if they won, they'd win like $10,000. Well, no one had ever even come close. Right. Didn't matter. The guy, you know, hits the shot and then he's like, crap, I just made it up. We didn't, you know, that I just used <laughs> that because it sounded good. And he goes, all right, this guy just won a giant check on it that says $10,000. <laughs> and he keeps trying to tell him, oh, the bank wouldn't cash your giant check. He's like, yeah, no banks would take it, man. And so, I was, you know, I was worried that we might have a similar situation. Thankfully, it sounds like that's not the case. No, it's going to be Romanus Records, uh, sponsored by Romanus Records. <laughs> uh, no, but it's, yeah, so that's pretty exciting news. Um what what do you think your favorite custom piece is that we've had? And if if you've got one or two, that's fine. That's but there's tough because I really like the the multi channel liquids and the multi channel sand fields. Yeah, so are my favorites. Um, I will. I'm trying to think of. You did a like a four channel uh sand field. Which one was that? That's one of my favorites. I hadn't seen one in like a year. Yeah, uh, Matt. Or Brian Bark actually sent me one from Detroit for a little art gallery I did. Uh, I don't own a lot of the custom pieces. Yeah, the I last made. time I saw it was at that art gallery, and I, I remember being. It like, was oh, yeah, uh, it was for Turbo Fruits. Yes, that's and right. it was a four channel called Simon Sands. Yeah, that one was. I think that's probably my favorite one. Uh, Turbo Fruits helped me get through this really that awkward you know Blink One Eighty Two time of being twenty three, twenty four when I discovered them where I'm out of college, but I'm like. <laughs> trying to become you know a boy a sophisticate uh, yeah and uh so it was awesome to put that record out that had never been pressed to vinyl right and um we hope to actually it's available to us uh yeah this is the weird place but to probably put echo kid back into yes. production um that album is incredible from front to back and i think it deserves to be brought back from the ashes and into the light as they would say yeah i agree um, okay, uh, for me, I'd probably say, do, 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 do. man, musically, that Suck the Honey album is... It's so good. It's really good. Um, I would venture to say, from a satisfaction standpoint of just being so excited, the Pack AD 7-inch yes. meant a lot to me. Yeah. Uh, they're a band that I'm such a huge fan of. Our very first promo picture for our band, Brother Brother, I'm wearing a Pack AD shirt. So it's one of those kind of full circle things, and right. now we it'll be full circle when we see a promo picture with uh, one of them in a uh, brother or brother shirt. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Let's pump the brakes, but yeah, <laughs> um, no, we actually, you know, played four or five shows with them this yeah. year, and we're actually going to do a seven inch with them later in the year. Um, so that I think meant a lot to me. Um, I would say probably the coolest, still my favorite music release, probably the Crushed Out album. It, I think it's just darn near perfect from front to back um it just it somehow combines like garage rock hints of surf rock like king gizzard 
melodic stuff all into a one package. Um, it's just so good. We ended that band too. Uh, apparently. <laughs> hey, but you should check out Frankie's new work though. Yeah. His solo stuff under I've Frankie Sunswept. good things. It's so good. And he's just such a talented dude. Um, and then I think my favorite custom um, would probably be... Mm, I mean, from a, an impact standpoint, maybe the King Gizzard LED, just what it did for the label, um, especially last year. It just grew it so much. Um, and yeah, so it's just, uh, it's made such an impact on everything for us. And one of the best stories about how Romanus came to be, how it grew so much, we were on the road and the label was starting to get some traction, get some steam and suck the honey. Uh, had a song picked as like single of the week by Classic Rock Magazine in the UK, and that's a that's a really big publisher. They've got like four or five million Facebook likes. They have big uh, print circulation, which is really rare nowadays. And they had been asking me for an interview for quite some time, and I kept putting it off. But I'd respond and I tried to do everything, but I just hadn't got around to it. Because I thought the name was so generic. I didn't think it meant any. I just was like, oh, this is somewhere in a basement. It's fine. But of course, I'll do it. That sing, that big press comes out for Suck the Honey. They lose their mind. And I start to try to track down where it came from. Yeah. Comes from there. I get indoctrinated with what Classic Rock Magazine is. I was like, holy crap. And so then as we're driving, you, I would dictate <laughs> my responses to you about the label. And then... Uh, you would type them out on my phone. I don't know if you remember this. I or don't not. even remember that. I must have been half sleep typing. This is part of the like the different roles in Romanus. Yeah. Like you're like, all right, yeah, fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall that. So, uh, this article about Romanus is getting ready to come out, and it's right on the front page of Classic Rock magazine, and it says, uh, "Meet Romanus Records, the little label that's reinventing vinyl." And when it came out. Um, I think this was like two years ago. It came out the same day, sadly, the day that Chris Cornell died. And when he passed away, um, this article came out. So there's all this traffic to all of these different, you know, rock magazines and everything else. Yeah. And publishers, like so much reading about it. And so on this site, it's like very top. Meet Romanus Records, the little label that's reinventing vinyl, and then right under Chris Cornell dead at I think he was fifty two or something. I mean, just very young. Yep. And so I think inadvertently we got a kind of a big traffic boost from that, and on top of it already being with this big public publisher. So I remember waking up that morning, reading about Chris Cornell, and then like within twenty four hours, I think. Romance Records picked up like 500 likes or something, which at that time was a lot. Yeah. And the article got, I think all things told, was like over 3,000 shares. It was, I remember it was quite a bit. It was definitely in the 3,000 realm. And it was just, it was a real like, whoa, like launching point. And part of me was so excited for all the new traffic. Part of me was like, I don't have anything custom to sell any of these people and, and that's not just that's not just views that's actual shares. yeah like the article was shared just ridiculous and it was a interesting thing is dissemination works uh it was a great insight into the internet so uh one of the things that kept being talked about was like they'll press 
dinosaur bones into records. <laughs> and I clearly have always said these are glow-in-the-dark dinosaur bones, which I didn't think I had to say these aren't real. Right. I mean, I would think the Triceratops face being about the size of my knuckle right. would be a dead giveaway. The miniature Triceratops, <laughs> the world-famous miniature Triceratops. Uh, Romanus Records also uh, purveyors of shrunken head technology and with dinosaurs i can't wait till we put out one that has amber with a prehistoric mosquito in it of course of course someone can clone a dinosaur from that so yeah we'll have like a little tube like a little insert that you can stick (laughs) your needle into just just enough that you can get the mosquito juice out so we as it keeps getting shared i mean t-mobile shared it discog shared it like it just blew my mind all of the huge people that shared i was like t-mobile is sharing this i just couldn't (laughs) it was like what is going on and i remember this is when it hit its peak weirdness was and how just people don't read the articles all the way and then as they're copied and reformatted and reshared and from some other publisher uh a archaeology uh website and podcast talked about it and talked about how we were putting real dinosaur bones (laughs) into a record well, now we kind of have to. I feel like, you know, and if figure so, it out, <laughs> if you're out there and have a uh, collection of dinosaur bones that you would like to donate, that will also that are paper thin or that I can sand down and hold no financial value to you at all, please um, hit me up at romanusrecords at gmail dot com. Uh, we'll make something happen. <laughs> I uh, I heard a really funny uh, email today from a customer that called in, and I needed their email. I don't know. If I, I'm probably not going to repeat it on the podcast. I'm, I'm ready. You you can't put uh, it out there. It it was uh, Derby Four, <laughs> number four, <laughs> A sixty nine, <laughs> and I won't give you the act because I don't want people to harass this person. But it, it had to be intentional. There's no accidental. You get Derby <laughs> Four a sixty nine as an email, and when he's telling me this, I'm on the phone with the guy, and I just like. The look on my face had to be very telling because one of my coworkers was next to me, he's like, what just happened? <laughs> right, and you're trying to keep yeah. a straight face. And I'm so that I had to read it back to the guy just to verify, and my coworkers started laughing. <laughs> it was an awkward situation. But I just thought, so now we, we use the term jerby as like uh, down to or I'm excited for. And so, man, I was like, I was like man, I'm jerby to get off work today. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that uh, that's, that's so <laughs> I'm so sorry you mentioned the email. Yeah. It's the only thing I could think of. Oh, so my hope has been to become Nicholas Cage's friend at some point, and he's I mean because he's got, he does have dinosaurs. He does, he does, and at least make one record filled with actual dinosaur bones. Yeah, that'd be incredible. Um, that being said, so yeah, the label has just taken on a life of its own, and we're so excited about the future of the label. I mean, one of the cool things last year we won uh from our local i say local it's the biggest newspaper in the state of indiana indy star gave us an award for you know craziest vinyl whatever they basically made a category for us all right but it was a cool little moment it was Um, and now there are more uh record labels in indianapolis than ever before for sure and there are ones that have been around longer than us that are far better a shout out to joyful noise to my uh you know my hero carl (laughs) and you know my he gives me hope that one day there will be enough finances to go around from the label to just i don't know 
do everyday remedial tasks every day with that money. Shout out to Carl. He also just, you want to talk about innovative releases. This guy just, he's been doing this forever. Um, one of, and we're probably going to interview him here on the podcast. Last year he did a release with a drummer from the Melvins, Dale Grover, and they took a, um, got a six inch symbol, custom symbol made and then cut music onto the symbol that you could play. And I was like, that is epic. That's That's awesome. Um, I'm not positive, but I assume Mike Dixon from uh, people in a position to know cut those. I would assume he does a lot with them. They have a great partnership and Mike Dixon is also just the biggest lathe cut guy on the planet. He's the man. Um, So yeah, it's been a wild ride and this has all just been within the span really of two years of like full-time label operation and it's existed basically for three in total. Um, so yeah, pretty interested to see what goes on. So Warner, before we get any further, um, I do have a few important pressing questions for you. Five questions for you here on the 5th of July. Right on. The first question I have, and this will be rapid fire ish. What's your favorite food Warner? Uh, I'm going to go with chicken tenders. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, your favorite drink. Uh, orange Mountain Dew Kickstart, but raspberry and blueberry are coming up close. So just uh, Kickstart, just Kickstart. Kickstart in general, but the family, yeah, yeah the Kickstart family <laughs> of Mountain Dew. <laughs> your favorite band? Uh, me without you. Okay. Uh, your favorite wrestler? Uh, Sting. Pro- Sting or Ultimate Warrior? It's so close. Probably Sting. Sting I, is a better person. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say it's Sting. <laughs> Sting with Sting. After after your little encounter that you, you told me about, yeah. you just said. You saved this man's life. Yeah. Um, and then uh, your favorite sauce, because you are a saucy boy. Okay, so this one, I, I've been, I saw this one on the board, and I was curious. There's a lot of, it depends on what the, the purpose is, but I really, really like a lot of honey mustards, but not all honey mustards. Mm-hmm. But I, I really like honey mustards. Um, Chick-fil-A sauce Chick-fil-A is not honey is, mustard, but, to be clear. But it's honey mustard adjacent. Chick-fil-A sauce has, is in the family of honey mustard, I feel. And so that's why it's it's up there. So it's probably Chick-fil-A sauce. What's that weird gross sauce that you make that's your own? Uh, I don't really have a name for it. But you know what? I, I'll, I'll take that back. But what I, is it? What is it? I can't give you the ingredients. Then Tell the viewers. Making it. I don't know. It might, it might catch on. Um, it's right? normally... You don't want to share good things with the good listeners of the Romantic It's normally Circus a very podcast. basic barbecue base. Okay. Sour cream. Okay. Uh, garlic salt mm-hmm. and pepper. All right. Yep. That's a lot. It is, but so it makes the it makes a really thick, uh, saucy sauce. What would you say the sauce tastes like? If you were to describe it, um, it kind of. So you need a name. You need a name. This is branding. I, I well, I, I need to come up with the name. I don't know what it would be called. The sauce is never getting off the ground. Yeah. If you don't come up with the name. Uh, I once was uh, approached by someone about <laughs> running a sauce company, but that's a story for another time. Uh, I also like Arby's three pepper sauce quite a bit. It's very, very good. Okay, my wife's pretty down with Arby's. She, yeah, she's mad down with Arby's. If she'd have her way, she'd have Aju every day. Mm, yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think this gives. Uh, this is what I wanted. Yeah. This is what the people wanted. To it's know- the the perfect time. Everyone knows what what we're all about. It's good. It's yeah. time for a new podcast in town. Yeah. Uh, or just maybe lo- further than a town. I hope that this expands <laughs> further than well, a town. Well, we, uh, yeah, obviously, obviously. I get what you're saying. 
Yes. Uh, so yeah. Um, hey, thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah. You know, I'll be popping in periodically. I assume. Yeah. I don't know really what that's what that'll look like. But you know, I'll be like, I'll be like, hey, where's my money? And then you'll be like, I'm recording a podcast. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll sit here then. There will be the occasional uh, stone cold glass break where yeah. you will be a, uh, you know, a co, 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 co main host. Uh, of it's kind of like when Stone Cold has his friend on. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's just like his buddy from his neighborhood. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually really like when he's on. Yeah, I can't think of his name. It'll be that. Their equivalent. stories are just basically like. We're two rednecks who like to drink. And, and it's, it's normally like about a, when they're camping or hunting or whatever. Yeah. And then I got my Kawasaki mule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming over to the uh, the Romanus Palace today. All right. It's graduated. Yeah. You know, this is a where we are now is much better than where it started. It started in a uh, uh, an apartment and then it moved to a, a home that uh, me and Michelle rented. I did it in an attic that had a leaky roof. Yeah. So water would come on to the records. I'd have to put buckets out. This is definitely the best operation you've had for it. Oh, for sure. It's the most legitimate yes. by all means. So uh, just like you, just like your friendship, very legitimate. Right. I, I appreciate you being here today. And, uh, and I appreciate you celebrating me. Well, thank you. You know, everybody deserves to be celebrated. Everybody needs to be if celebrated. You, if you get one thing from this pilot podcast out there, go celebrate somebody today. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Thank you, Warren, for being on the Romance yeah, Records no podcast. No problem. Anytime.